30 minutes would be awesome. Okay. Um, just because I've, like I said, I'm working on another project that I'm trying to get out tomorrow. So yeah, if we can do that, that yeah. would be amazing. And I'll make sure Perfect. I am as succinct and uh, deep as possible. <laughs> Great, no problem, no problem. Cool. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so I guess my, my first question really was um, if, if you'd be able to just describe your role at Facebook to um, to everybody who's going to be watching this and um, perhaps a little bit about how you got into that role and the story there. Sure. Um, so my role is both internally facing and externally facing. So externally facing, I... Uh, I try to interface with um, faith leaders, churches, pastors, denominations to help them really reimagine what Facebook is capable of because so many people are using Facebook as just a marketing channel when in fact it has the capacity to be a ministry um, channel. And so I'm really trying to help people just rediscover what Facebook is capable of. And that's kind of the external role. Um, internally, I help to um, consult with our various product teams to try to bring um, a faith lens to what we're building relative to, you know, how is this going to support communities of faith? How could this potentially, um, if we were to make some tweaks, how could it potentially have an even deeper impact? Um, so yeah, I just try to try to be an advocate um, externally and internally at the same time. Now, how I got into the role, that's like a long story, but it really just is the answer is God. Um, short story. Uh, I had never worked in tech or social media um, prior to this role, but uh, I've been in ministry since I was 17, um, had been uh, preaching, teaching the gospel, and I ended up um, marrying a, a pastor. He wasn't a pastor at the time, but he is now. And um, I had always worked in the, the corporate sector. I was in a high-level role um, in the, the nonprofit sector, actually, uh, right before this. And I thought I'd be doing that for the rest of my life. But um, the Lord spoke to me in April of 2017 that that assignment was over and told me to resign at the end of the fiscal year, which would have been June 30th of 2017. And uh, 25 minutes after I resigned that day, um, I got the call from Facebook just out of the blue um, <laughs> asking if this is something I'd be interested in, in um, working with the company to help think about. And so, yeah, that's that's my very condensed uh, journey and story. And I always tell people because they say, "How do you get a job at Facebook?" I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Fast, pray. I don't. I don't know. Because um, <laughs> my experience is not the typical one. But yeah, that's me. What 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 is it like to get a phone call from Facebook? <laughs> because I think it's, for most people, that's like would blow their mind, probably. Yeah, it's it was a bit unbelievable. I mean, that was frankly my first reaction because it's like. You know, Facebook doesn't call people. So what what is that? Uh, but no, it was it was truly a blessing. And it, it has been a blessing um, from the beginning. Uh, very, very character building experience because the company is constantly moving fast, iterating. Um, one thing I've learned since I've been at Facebook that has really, frankly, served me in ministry is, you know, if something isn't working, move on. A lot of times, you know, we we get so focused on making something work that isn't working. And so we, we invest time and energy and money when really we should have just pivoted a long time ago and done something different. And so I I think I'm at the point now where I am no I'm not really as married to things as I was before, where it's like, no, we have to make this work. Not really. If it's not working, just figure out something that is and try something new. <laughs> That's really good. Um 
So I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a bit about what your um, your home church is like. Um, I know that uh, a lot of churches in America um, are, are probably quite different to how churches in the UK might be um, and what we would be familiar with. So maybe you could just sort of describe w- what it looks like. Well, I, I have a, a very interesting perspective because... I work with a lot of the largest churches and denominations. However, my local church, the church my husband and I lead, um, is not a large church. I mean, we have maybe a couple hundred people, uh, which, you know, frankly, is growth from where it started. Um, when we became the, the senior leaders um, about four years ago, you know, the church may have seen 40 people on a Sunday, maybe. And so we've experienced growth. Um, but yeah, I work with a lot of the largest churches. And so the good thing about that is, I, because I see both sides of the coin, I understand that the challenges that leaders have when you're leading a small church, when you don't have staff, when you're dealing with volunteers and you're trying to cast vision, you're trying to get momentum, but you don't necessarily have people that it's their full-time job to execute on your vision. Like they have to kind of uh, fit it into the cracks and crevices of their schedule. So I understand that, but I also see, of course, the very well-resourced churches uh, and how they do have the capacity to be innovative and do things. But the truth is, you know, churches don't start out that way. You know, they have to have really good leaders who have a very clear vision and who understand how to ruthlessly prioritize, which means when you're dealing with limited resources, you have to make investments in the things that are going to yield you the ability later to make more investments later. A lot of times I've discovered uh, that we as as churches tend to um, invest in things that we've always done, regardless of whether or not they're actually yielding fruit. And what that means is we just end up in this kind of vicious cycle of always wishing we could do more while continuing to invest in what isn't working. So uh, yeah, so my church is, is a smaller church, but we're growing. Um, we have a very exciting vision. Um, and so I'm, I'm just uh, excited to see where, where this all ends up going. <laughs> Awesome. That sounds really good. Um, so you've you've kind of mentioned a couple of times now about um, being okay with moving on from something uh, sometimes, and you know if it's not working, there's there's no need to keep flogging yeah. a dead horse, as the phrase is. Um, so in your experience, how have you recognised when that is the time when it is time to move on? Um, have have there been any things that you've noticed? You know that's kind of familiar. I know the signs and therefore I know how to move on. Yeah, I think, um, frankly, it starts with articulating what success looks like. So in my mind, you know, before I'm going to start anything, I want to be really clear, like what, what does success look like by what day, uh, or what date? And, you know, once I get to that date, I can then evaluate whether or not I am successful. And if I have not been successful, then I have two options. I can either A, um, which you should do this regardless, but I can A, think about why I haven't been successful and then take those learnings and try to make whatever it is successful. Or B, I can think about why I haven't been successful and apply that to an entirely new approach um, or a new project or whatever it is. So I think it really starts with, you know, what is success to you? And, you know, what is the, the timeline that you want to work on in order to evaluate whether or not you actually have those results? Um, but it's definitely not just doing what we've always done because that's what we've always done. It's you have to think, well, what is success? 
And if success is what you what you have, then great. But if it's not, then you have to think about why is that, um, and you have to retool or repivot or or do something different. Mm, that's really good, really good. I think a lot of people will find that very helpful. I know that that's been helpful. Um, so coming back to to your specific church, you know, sure. the place where you you're there on Sundays and meeting with people midweek. Um, how how is your church used Facebook um, particularly in in reaching people with the gospel? Um, the the theme of this whole conference is all about how we share the gospel, um, yeah. using what we have to to preach the gospel, to share that message, to see people meeting Jesus. So um, have you got any examples of how your church has done that? And perhaps also how you've involved volunteers in that? Um, because I think for a lot of churches here, you know, there'll be a few people represented, but we're all trying to work with volunteers to help us with what we're doing. Um, so yeah, what's been your experience? Yeah, so we, um, as most organizations, we have a Facebook page, but uh, one of the things I said at the Premier Digital Conference that I want to reiterate is, if you think of your Facebook presence like a house, your page is just, it's your front porch. Like it's the place that people kind of walk up to and they see what you're about. Um, but that's not the place where relationship happens. That's not the place where you actually build a sense of community. And so we use groups on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, which we call our online. It's really the place where we have conversations, where we're connecting with each other throughout the week. Uh, where people are praying for one another, where we're celebrating each other. Um, something my husband and I will do. We try to do it consistently, but I'm actually on a book tour right now, so it hasn't been able to happen as consistent as we want, is um, we try to go live in the group uh, just to talk about whatever the message was that either he taught on or I taught on that, uh, that weekend before, just to provide a forum for people to ask questions, to go deeper. What I think tends to happen is church kind of becomes... It becomes an event that we go to uh, as, a, as opposed to a conversation that we're engaged in. And I think faith really should be a conversation. It shouldn't just be a thing that we go watch. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's, that's how we're using Facebook is we're really trying to have conversations um, and just trying to deepen relationships. Uh, and I think Facebook is so uniquely positioned because, you know, we have the tools in order to help people do that. But you have to first, it gets back to what I said earlier, you have to first define what success is. Like is success just a certain number of likes on a post or is success actually helping people uh, transform their lives, deepen their faith? And if that's the case, then you have to take a different approach. We also use uh, in our group, we use a tool called learning units, which I love because learning units actually allows you to create sequential learning in the group. And so it's very much so discipleship oriented. Um, there's also a tool in groups called uh, mentorship, which is exactly what it says, where you can actually pair people up to each other uh, in order to grow together. And I think that's such a such a great, great tool. But um, many times people aren't using them because they don't know that they're there. So those are just some of the right. things um, that we're doing. Awesome. Really cool. Um, and y you mentioned about um, trying to go live in your Facebook groups when you can. Um, do you just do that from your from your phones, from your cell phones, or do you do you have to have any special kind of equipment, or is that something that we can just do whenever we can? Such a great question. Yeah, um, my husband and I will just go live in our living room with my computer or my phone. Um, yeah, just very organic. And frankly, 
that's actually why live was created. I know a lot of times it's being used now um, and it's, there's like a production quality to it where you have like the nice cameras and the nice lighting and that's fine. No problem with that. Uh, but live was created just to provide a vehicle for that kind of spontaneous uh, conversation with people. And so, yeah, we'll just go live in our living room or if we happen to be traveling together, we'll go live wherever we are um, and just uh, have a conversation. And we only do it for like 30 minutes, so it's not a long time. Uh, but those uh, opportunities get the highest engagement, the highest excitement, the highest conversations. Mm, that's cool. And um, I was wondering if you've had any maybe some examples from your own church or maybe from churches that you've worked with of um, people that have been in your groups, but are perhaps not, um, they're not physically there on a Sunday or midweek. Um, that could be, you know, maybe some disabilities that are keeping them in the house or they live in a completely different location. But have you had any examples of, of how people have found this to be really valuable for them? Absolutely. I mean, right now, just in our own church online campus, like 40% of the members aren't even in our city. They're not, the majority of them aren't even in our state, you know? Um, and, and the reason for that is, you know, churches, I get asked this all the time, like, how do you grow your online campus? Well, you grow it the same way that you grow your real life campus, which is people invite people. The, the, the beauty of an online campus though, is there isn't the barrier of travel or you know, having to actually like put on clothes and get in a car and go somewhere. Now um, you can invite your friends to join the community and all they have to do is just accept, you know, so it, it lowers the barrier. So yes, you will find that there are people who are going to either watch because they're incapacitated for some reason, or maybe they're out of town. Uh, we have a lot of people that tune in who have never been to our physical church, but they feel like they're a part of our, a part of our community. And, and we love that. Mm. That's really cool. Um, okay, so I've I thought I'd ask you for some. Um, I've put one of my questions here. What are the top three ways that our churches can better use Facebook in order to reach more people, serve our communities better, and communicate our message? Um, so I don't know whether you you've maybe got some thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, one thing that I I always recommend is. You have, and this is difficult, you have to make the shift from thinking of social media as a marketing tool to thinking of it as a ministry tool. Because if you, mm -hmm. if you approach social media with the idea, oh, we're going to use this to get more people to the building, then you're basically going to just be posting about events and posting of, hey, come see us. And that's cool. But you know, the reality is the majority, the vast majority of the people are not coming to the building but they're still, they're still in need of Jesus. And so um, I've, I've coined the term digital discipleship because I think that really is the mental model that we have to bring to social technology, which is, all right, this person may never show up to my building, but how can I help them mature in their faith? How can I pray for them? How can I, um, how can I challenge them to go deeper in God? So I think the first thing I would say is we have to make that philosophical shift in our mind that this is not a just a vehicle to get more people to come to our services frankly this is a vehicle to get more people to come to jesus that's that's the, the point so that's number one uh number two i strongly suggest and recommend to people that beyond just a content strategy you think about a community strategy and what that means is 
using content as a conduit for conversation, not just as, a, as an informational billboard to say, hey, look at this thing, or hey, look at this scripture, because then it's like people are just passively consuming content. And you know, research has shown that uh, when it comes to even well-being, people who passively consume content tend to have worse well-being than people who are in healthy digital communities. Um, so kind of shifted from a content strategy to community strategy. What that means is you want to help people uh, discover and build meaningful relationships with each other. So, uh, you know, say you, and this really requires, I actually just did a, a teaching on this at a conference. This requires committing yourself to building relationships with and for people. So instead of just, you know, how many comments did we get? How many likes did we get? You actually look to see who commented and you, you respond to their comments with questions, not just thanks for commenting. You actually respond with questions and then you, you learn who these people are so that you can actually connect them with each other, tag other people in your responses and say, oh yeah, you know, Richard over there actually said the same thing the other week. Uh, Richard, what do you think about this? So it's building conversations. Um, and I think, uh, you know, just those two things, those two shifts uh, will radically change uh, the, the level of engagement, I think, that you see uh, on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. That's so helpful. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's a totally different way of approaching Facebook and why we use it. But absolutely, it's all about helping people meet Jesus at the end of the day so yeah, yeah fantastic um so may, perhaps you've already answered this but um I just thought I'd ask is there maybe one thing that you you see a lot of churches doing or using Facebook for that you think you know if that could be improved or changed slightly um we'd all be doing much better <laughs> yeah I I think the again it gets back to we have a very event centric approach to social. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we go live when there's an event or, um, you know, we even, um, will post when there's an event. Uh, I think we really have to get out of the idea that it's very time-based and broaden our horizon to understand there is no off hours for Facebook, right? It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and so it gets back to your earlier question about how to leverage volunteers. Uh, there, there are people who very well may be willing to serve as online campus leaders, you know, who would be willing to take a shift, you know, on certain days of the week. Hey, you're going to have a, a couple hours that we're going to ask you to kind of keep your eye on the community, respond to questions, um, post as well, uh, so that we can keep the conversation going um, beyond the weekend and beyond the service. Uh, I would also recommend, and this is a this is something I've seen many times. I would recommend that pastors, lead pastors, senior pastors, get involved um, online. Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many mm -hmm. pastors who say, "Oh, I just I don't have time for that. I don't have time." And I'm like, "Well, if you don't have time." For people, which is essentially what Facebook is, and like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's that's why we're here. Um, so I would recommend that they have a presence. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't think, but at least you know, as God speaks to you, you want to share it with the people. Like, hey, here's something that as I was in prayer this morning, the Lord spoke to me. Um, yeah, and just 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 allow your life to be a, a ministry tool for people. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Um, 
so I just got a couple more questions really. Um, one of them is what's, what's your, your dream or your vision for, um, for your role at Facebook, but also, you know, as Facebook keeps growing and, and how churches in these faith-based organizations are using it, what, what do you see for the future? Mm. My dream would be for every local church to have an online campus on Facebook as well, because uh, many times people say, oh, well, should we do digital church or should we do real life church? It's not either or, it's both and. Like you, you need to be in both places because right now there's almost 3 billion people on Facebook. And if you say, yeah. well, you know, we're not really interested in that. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're not interested in like half the world. Um, I think that there needs to be a presence in both places in all places. So my dream is for every local church to have an online campus on Facebook. Um, and I think again, as, as, as we continue to grow and invest uh, in communities of faith, um, I just want us to become the place where people can come and they know they're gonna receive support, they're gonna receive hope, um, that they can get plugged into uh, a local church community that's thriving, um, where they can be inspired. And so, you know, we'll see what happens, but that's, that's what's in my heart. Brilliant, yeah, amen, believe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So just, yeah, do, do you have um, perhaps just one, one piece of advice or just some encouragement for, for everybody who's going to be watching this? Um, you know, at the, end of, at the end of today, when we all go home, we're going to be full of ideas, I'm sure, and, and wanting to put lots of things into practice. But um, just wondering if you've got sort of one thing you could say to sort of encourage us all, really. Absolutely. Um, I would say this. Uh, we tend to define church as a place people go. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that we attend on a date, at a time, at a location. But in fact, the church was never meant to be a place. The church was always a body of people. When Jesus yeah. talked about building his church, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to build it with bricks and stone. Uh, his church are all of the people who believe that Jesus is Lord. And what that means is yeah. we're not just the church when people come to our building, we are the church wherever we encounter people at any point on any day. And yeah. so my encouragement would be for people to have that mindset. You know, you are, you are the church everywhere you go, including yeah. online. And so um, don't, don't assume that that's just the place where we can advertise about the church. Because if we only think that the church is the event, then we've actually missed what church is. And that is you, that is me, that's all of us. Um, so that would be my encouragement is just to remember who you are. You know, you are the church at all times. Yeah.